There's somebody who is sitting on a bunch of oil, but they're trying to find it by digging with a straw. You're never going to get to the oil because you're not using the right equipment to get there. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of There's a Lot Going On, the only podcast that knows who Brady Mannix's real father is. I'm David Royal, joined as always by friend, pal, and tired cohort, Tom Shively. Tom, how are you on this late Monday, both late as in we are up late, and it is a late episode? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. I'm never tired. You know, I'm always, I'm always bringing 110%, so we're ready to go. Oh, that's, you know, I, I love to hear that you always bring in 110%. You know, that's that's what we strive for here at There's a Lot Going On. But let's let, let's shoot for 150%, all right? Why do we got to shoot so Ooh, low? All right. Have you ever thought about that? Like, if you say, right, you're going 110%, that implies there is somewhere you can go past 100%. So, like, why are we stopping at 110%? Why don't we go beyond that? Well, not just, like, 1,000% or a million percent, yeah. Yeah, that, that you, you're picking up what I'm putting down, Tom. This this could be the start right, of a, a right. great business adventure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, we just had a conversation not on the pod about my uh, business acumen, and we'll 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 leave uh we'll leave the business stuff to other people. Yeah, we'll talk to our uh, we'll talk to our our financial department about that one. <laughs> we have a financial department now. All right, I'm gonna have to figure mm-hmm. out who those people are. But Tom, yeah, exactly. Tom, we uh. <laughs> It's been a not very crazy week in sports. Some could say uh, there's not a lot going on, but I want to hit you off the top here with uh, something I've been thinking about. A couple weeks ago on the podcast, I said there were seven contenders in the NBA. And since that time, I have completely changed my mind. There is only two teams in the NBA that can win the NBA title this year, and it's they both play in Los Angeles. I do not believe a single other team in the NBA can win the NBA title this year. Milwaukee, Miami, Houston, or not Houston. Wow, I am way off the track well, there. they cannot win. Yeah, they can't. don't can. believe Houston can win. Boston, Philadelphia, Brooklyn. I don't think any of those teams, uh, those are all teams I named last time. I don't think any of them can win the NBA title. And it's mostly because it just seems like when they, like, the Lakers don't seem to have hit their highest gear yet. Like they seem like they're kind of coasting through the regular season and they have like another gear they can hit. And the Clippers look exponentially better than they did last year. So I am I am not convinced any of those other teams can win the title. React. I was I was watching the Lakers on Friday. They were playing the Grizzlies and it was boring in the second half. They were down nine and then you look away and they were up fifteen. It was just like very effortless, and it kind of felt like, you know, they didn't play their best basketball. They were missing open shots, and they still just cruise. Granted, it's the Grizzlies. You know, they're not world beaters, but you're right. They do kind of feel like they still have that that extra gear in them. But I'm not going to count out a team that has Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. That team can contend for a championship. They and don't play I, defense. I'm not going to say – I you can't say they don't have a chance. You can, though, because historically – you need to have a top 10 defense in order to win the NBA championship. And so it doesn't matter that they have a statistically since he joined the team, the greatest offense of all time. It doesn't matter because they couldn't stop a nosebleed on the other end. Hey man, you score 150, you give up 148. That's a win. Listen, I, I, I think the issue becomes when they have to play teams like the Lakers, like the uh, the Clippers, 
like the Bucks, who are a really good defensive team. I think this. I think they give the Sixers a ton of problems, to be honest, because the Sixers don't really have the the like the guys. The Sixers here's here's why the Sixers can't win the championship. Right, this ties in. The Sixers can't win the championship because they have major deficiencies from players they need to win a championship. Like, say you're playing the Nets, right? A, a key player in that series could be Matisse Thybul. You put him out there, he can give Kyrie some trouble. He's shown he's an elite NBA defender, and he's a complete liability on offense. He is statistically the worst NBA player NBA player on offense because he's one of the only players in the league who has a positive net rating despite having a negative offensive rating. He's like negative six when he's on the court offensively, but he's so good on defense, his rating is still positive. So like he he just it, can't play him. Danny Green just looks old. Like I, I think he, he he's serviceable. He serves his role, his role well, but like him guarding, having to guard Kyrie Irving or James Harden, like it's going to be a problem. And then like, Seth Curry is taking way more mid-range jump shots than I want anyone with the last name Curry to be taking. Like it's, I, they feel too Joel Embiid reliant, and I just don't think that team can win a championship. I'm I'm very excited about the direction of the team, and considering what they've been able to make the team into a year removed from Al Horford, but I don't think they can win a championship. Is this take more like the team isn't good enough to win for a lot of these teams, or they're just not good enough to, they're just not the Lakers, therefore they can't win the championship because the Lakers are so much above everybody else, and I feel like that's, I feel like that's more where you're going with this, that's a dangerous slope to go down. No, 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 my, my take is just, uh, they're not good enough to win a championship, none, none of the teams in the East specifically. I think the Clippers are good enough to win a championship. I I think the Clippers, specifically because we, I think we both think the matchup they would have to get through to get to the Lakers is, uh, or to get to the finals, excuse me, is the Lakers. Would be the Lakers, yeah. And I think adding Ibaka, I think he matches up really well with Anthony Davis, which allows you to put Kawhi Leonard or Paul George on LeBron James. You can even do a rotating. Now, granted, no one's going to stop LeBron James, but you'll at least be able to slow him down a little bit. And then it becomes, you know, about matchups, about those kind of role players and what you get out of Paul George. Because in a a seven-game series, right, if Paul George comes up short in the playoffs again, well, then we know who's going to win that series because we know what you're going to get from Anthony Davis. And so, to me, the Clippers are the team that can compete with them because this just seems like a roster that fits a little bit better than the team did last year. But in the East, I just don't see a roster that is well-constructed enough to beat either of those teams out West. You don't think you don't think the Nets or, or somebody could beat the Clippers? You don't think the Nets or the Bucks or somebody is built to beat the Clippers, not necessarily the Lakers? The Cl- uh, that's, that's interesting. So... Uh, when you put it that way, I see. I see what your point is about about my point. I again, I don't think the Nets can win the championship because they don't play any defense. I I believe that's you, fair. That's you fair. have to you have to play some semblance of defense to win. And considering they would be playing a Clippers team who's pretty good on defense, considering you have two of the best wing defenders in the league, like they match up great with the Nets because you like no one's gonna stop. Durant so just throw Ibaka on him and then you can put Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on Kyrie Irving and James Harden and now holy crap you're shut down like they and they don't have a rim protector so Ibaka is going to feast in the paint you know um who's the who's the Zubach is going to have a a field day in the paint all those other guys who like to live around that area Patrick Beverly it oh and they have Beverly who can guard all those guys like I think the Nets would get crushed by either of those teams now I've seen them in a seven game series um 
Who was the other team you said? The Bucks. That's an interest. They're the most interesting team to me, right? Because they also feel like a team that has another gear, but I don't know if they're capable of hitting the other gear. I don't know if they have the coaching to hit it, and I don't know if they have the mindset to hit it, if that makes sense. Not really, to be honest. Like they have the potential, it just would never just would never pan out. Yeah, like Maybe it's because like we've seen them a couple years in a row now kind of flame out in the playoffs, but it just feels like they're a team with untapped potential, and I don't think they have the right coach to tap into that potential. They're they're like let me use a very bad analogy here. They're it's like they're somebody who is sitting on a bunch of oil, but they're trying to find it by digging with a straw. You're never gonna get to the oil because you're not using the right equipment to get there. And so that's how I see them. They don't have the right coach, and so they're not going to get the most out of their players. Should they go the uh, Premier League route and just hire like an Arab prince to own the team, and then just that's where the money is? I don't know. Listen, I I, I worked for Manchester City. Who is the owner? Don't the Bucks just got a couple new owners a couple years ago? I thought they're like these. Maybe I don't know. I don't have any ideas. My understanding is like they're some of the most like liberal owners in the NBA. Like be like they lean in that direction because they're like younger. So well, they were they were like the team in the social justice charge back in like at least in the bubble. So I don't know how much that would play into it, but but yeah, how much that kind of influence plays into it. But yeah, that that that's my take. None of these teams, other than the Lakers or Clippers, could win an NBA title in my opinion, and it's mostly because they have some glaring deficiency. That like even the Bucks, right? I think they have un, quote unquote untapped potential, whatever you that means, or however you want to interpret that, but. They don't have the bench even. Like, I, I think if it came down to, like, who has the better eight-man rotation, like, it tends to come down to in the NBA playoffs and in the NBA finals, the Lakers and Clippers both have better eight-man rotations than, what, every other team in the league? My only my only qualm with, with, with cutting into those two teams is winning the championship, I feel like, in recent years is so much built on star power. And when you have someone like Durant that can take over a series, I don't. I, I think the Nets can rely on their offense to at least get them to the finals and can outscore anybody in the East. And it's just, can they be hot enough for seven games, for four nights, really, to, to beat one of those other two teams? And, you know, I don't think it'd be out of the question to go, yeah, they could probably do it twice, you know, maybe even three times, but four times does seem like a lot. My question to you is, uh, I'm glad we got into the Bucks because they, I've thought they were frauds all year. I don't think they're going anywhere. My other recently developing fraud is the Utah Jazz, who right now are, I don't know if they're one in the West. I think they're right there with the Lakers, but. They're number one in the West. They have now won 19 of their last 20 games as of tonight, beating the Sixers. Okay. Come on, like, what do we see with the Jazz? They beat the Bucks pretty handily on Friday. Like, so they're taking down some of the top competition in the East, but. It's just there's so there's so much there's so much nuggets in them from like a couple of years ago that won like 50 games. There's so much Atlanta Hawks in them, like the year they got the one seed and got swept by LeBron. It's just it's Utah is just setting up for colossal failure, and I kind of love it. Well, it's fantastic, mostly because the reason they're gonna fail spectacularly in the playoffs is because of Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is currently their second best player, and let's be honest, in a playoff series, he would be, depending on who he plays, the fourth, maybe fifth best player in a playoff series. The Utah Jazz can't win with him as their second best player. I like Rudy Gobert. I think he's a good player. I just kind of rag on him because he's kind of an easy target, but like, they 
they he can't be your second best player. You cannot win an NBA championship like that. Like Don, even Donovan Mitchell, right? If Donovan Mitchell is your best player, you probably don't have a shot at an NBA title, which goes back to your kind of star power point. Like he is what a, a top 20, 25 player in the NBA. Probably top I, I, 20, yeah. Like I, I don't have it ranked out or anything, but like you need at least one top 10 NBA player to win an NBA championship. And if you don't have one of those, you can't. And like think about the other contenders right, in the NBA, right? Kawhi Leonard's a top 10 player. LeBron James is a top 10 player. Giannis, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid. Like when you start go, you can name the top 10 player from every other team. And then you look at the Jazz and go, yeah, like even teams they might have to play. Like imagine if they had to play the Nuggets in the first round. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Nuggets because they have the better player in the series. I'd probably take the Jazz right now, but that'd be a fun... Like, that was the best series maybe of the bubble last year. Yeah, so, like, I just... Like, every year we have one of these teams in the postseason who just lights it up, plays great in the regular season, and then they just are a colossal failure come the playoffs. And it's going to be the Jazz. Like, I I feel bad for Utah. They deserve better than that, but it's going to be the Jazz. Does Utah really deserve better? All right, maybe they don't, but see, now the interesting scenario though, if Utah is this good and ends up getting the one seed is the ramifications for everyone else where, you know, if you would get the Lakers-Clippers matchup in the semifinals as opposed to the Western Conference Finals, because let's be honest, we know the Clippers have a bit of trouble getting to the Conference Finals and wow, would we have a field day if they couldn't make it again because the Lakers beat them. I feel like that's not, that's not like a signature Clippers loss though. Like it doesn't, it doesn't count if they're the underdogs. Oh, 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 okay. So it's not the same as the other ones. It's not. It's not like the three-one Nuggets lead. Like that to me is almost insurmountable in terms of in terms of peak Clippers. I don't. That that is maybe that was a good thing for them because that was the highest failure. So now like anything else is just, you know, it's not as bad as that this year. So you know it is improvement. So I don't know. Do they even see it as a failure, though? Like, we've talked about this. They clearly didn't want to be there. So, like, was it a win for them mentally, but, like, like with an eye to next season? You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe they didn't would like they, Doc they Rivers. Would they have the so Lakers? Like, Probably not. So no, the Lakers were hot. Do they, want to, do they want to stick around for another month in Orlando? Or do you want to spend time with the family? Yeah, listen. Come on. Listen, Paul George had to get back on social media to find some more Instagram baddies. You know exactly. how he gets down. <laughs> Exactly. We know the kind of life he lives. Like the the bubble just wasn't doing it for him. He was no, like, I gotta, no. I gotta get back to Los Angeles. Yeah, like you're. It, that's true. It's an outlet like Denver. You know, nice city, but like honestly, like more of a wintertime city. You know, like what are you gonna do in Denver in the summer? Like hike? I don't know. We we wait. Now you bring that up. Isn't it crazy that the two teams that most wanted to be in the bubble and compete for an NBA championship were the two teams that made it to the finals? But like. They're from the cities of Los Angeles and Miami. Like, you didn't want to go back to Miami? What? Like, Jimmy Butler, like, you can tell Jimmy Butler has a stranglehold on that team when the other guys are just like, I mean, yeah, we really want to be here. Like, this is where we want to be. We love basketball. You tell me, like, supermodel dating Tyler Hero doesn't want to be in Miami? Come on. Yeah. Well, you remember, though, the the girl who I don't know if this is still his girlfriend or not because I don't, I don't check social media like that for Tyler Hero, but his girlfriend at the time was the ex-girlfriend of Kyle Kuzma, the game within the game. I don't know, man. Advantage Kuzma. Because oh, he's, he's got the, the hardware now? He's got the ring. Yeah, come on. He's having a pretty good year, too. Like, Kuzma's really... Like, he, he, he continues to take, like, steps forward where it's like... I, I thought he'd be, like, a, a pretty good rotational player, and that's what he's turned into. Like, good for him. 
There's there was a moment there where we we're like Kuzma's kind of a bum. Well, he got a lot of slander because I feel like people crowned him as option number three immediately, like when they got Davis, which wasn't necessarily the role for him in his what fourth year in the league. And I'm, so I'm pretty sure it was like his second might have been or third. His th- I think now is his fourth year. I think last year was his third yeah. year. Now that I say it, yeah, and a guy that went to Utah. I mean, Utah at it again. Just saying, something something's going on up there. Listen, you Utah's going crazy, man. Shout but out to like, finding Utes one time. But like, like in all seriousness, like Kuzma now. This is way like off the rails from where we started. But like, Kuzma now in his role as as like the fourth, fifth option, depending on who's on the court. Like that's exactly where he needs to be, or like the guy who's who's like leading the bench units. Because him, like against a lot of other teams' bench units with his starting pedigree, like he's just a really good option. Like it, he's a hard guy to cover too, because he's like. Uh, I was going to compare him to Thaddeus Young, but that feels incredibly disrespectful despite the career Thaddeus Young has had. So I'm just going to I'm just going to leave that one where it is. You were you were going to make the Thad Young comparison, but decided not. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Th- th- I don't uh, he's know been fun to watch. Like, I'm going to say that about him. And I think the Lakers are fun to watch. And hopefully we do get Clippers Lakers in the in the uh, conference finals. And, you know, I, I think the best matchup for the league is Lakers Nets. But, you yeah. know, I, th- I think there's a lot of potential for other good matchups. Like if you got L.A. Philly, right, that's a that that has some history to it as a and you have Joel Embiid, who maybe the the best of the social media players, like who knows what he would be doing and how that would uh, great. He's, he's really cooled it down since he's had a kid. So I don't know if that's that would dampen it for the league. Yeah, I think like Lakers, anybody would kind of. Even if with Giannis, you know, like, is he the next LeBron? You know, is this the chance to take the mantle or whatever? Philly, you got the Boston thing. They're not contenders this year, but, you know, I said that just to, have, just, just to get it out there. So Just to feel better about it. Exactly. They're 500, so they're in playoff position, so there's a chance. That's all I'm saying. Is this, like, therapy for you where, you know, every now and then you'll bring up Boston because you know they're not very relevant, and it gives you a chance exactly. to just, like, exactly. talk yourself into it a little bit? Basically. I By the time by – opening night of the playoffs roll around the Celtics will be the prohibitive favorites in my head to win the championship mm. so I'm, I'm just preparing for that well uh with that in mind I, I want to dive into the head of Tom Shively a little bit more as we go around the NBA all-star voting ends well today as this podcast comes out uh February 16th is when voting ends which is today the release of this episode so tom and i decided we were going to go through and we were going to pick the 24 all-stars now the one difference we have that the league uh what's the word i'm looking for that the league doesn't care about or does care about they care about a lot we don't care about at all we just are going to pick the 24 best players according to tom and i the league obviously does East-West, 12 from each. Yeah, we don't care about any of that. Tom and I are going to go back and forth picking players. Uh, we're going to end up with 12 on each side, and then those will be the 24 All-Stars. Tom, do you understand, and are you ready? I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Well, Tom, because this was my idea, and I'm just such a great person, I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to give you the first the first selection to the NBA All-Star team. Do you think this is how the coaches do it, by the way? Like After the fan voting, they're like, all right, Let's go back and forth and just pick players. Well, they don't. It's not the coaches, isn't it? Isn't it uh, the captains' draft? They do the whole thing on TNT. No, no, no. I mean, like, but before you get to that point, though, I know like players vote on it, and like coaches, uh, like they vote on the. But I thought the reserves are picked by coaches, but maybe I'm wrong. Possibly. 
But anyway, look, first pick I mean, goes I to I mean, you. look, man, I hate to do it, but year 18, you can't not pick LeBron James. So give me LeBron, number one. Listen, I, I hate to do it to you, but I got to take the Cameroonian prince himself, Joel Embiid. I mean, well, he's having a career year. In my opinion, he should be the front runner for MVP right now. Granted, he's killing himself because he's not playing enough games. But I mean, he's been the <laughs> Load best player. Management? What? Listen, smart man. That's that's. I care more about a championship yeah, than I do with the All Star so well game. for the Clippers. <laughs> oh, all right, fair enough. Uh, so Joel Embiid will, would be uh, my first selection. Um, I got LeBron. <sighs> Granted, no, remember you don't have to. We're not building a team here. We're just. Oh, we're, we're just, not building a team. No, we're just no, we're trying just to find picking... the twelve best guys. This is not exactly. This is not a. Tw- this is not a combination of twelve that would win on a basketball court. No, 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 no. We don't care about that. I don't care at all. This is cumulative on a basketball talent. Court. Okay. Yeah, we're trying to create the best All Star game by making sure that the captains have the best uh, plethora of players to choose from. I like it. Um, you know, I'm actually going to take a little resurgence this year with uh, Mr. Steph Curry, number three. Ooh, Steph Curry's been balling this year. Like we haven't talked about him at all because the team's kind of thirty point average. Just saying. See, I heard someone make this argument. I'm curious what you think of it too, since we're on the topic of Steph Curry. I heard someone to say this might be a legacy year for Steph, where if he can show he can do the thing that we've always said that only LeBron can do, where he can kind of carry a team to heights despite you know the cast around him not being great. Because let's be honest, that team in Golden State's not very good. And if this team goes far in the playoffs, it's going to be because of Steph Curry. And that, I think it would be a big thing for like his legacy if it seemed like he wasn't, if it seems like he can carry a team to great heights like that. My thing is, like, does a team like the L.A. Clippers want to see Steph in the first round? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Does a team like the Lakers even want to see Steph no. in the first round? Like, that is a nightmare matchup in the first round of a playoff series. Nobody uh, – no, I'm going to give you the team who's going to crap their pants when they have to play the Golden State Warriors in the first round of the playoffs, and that's the Utah Jazz. Oh, yeah, the Golden Warriors State Warriors are going to knock series. them out. Yes, they are. Like them, the Nuggets don't want to play the Warriors in the first round. Let's be let's be honest. The Warriors could beat almost every team in the West right now. Yeah. And it's because of Steph Curry. It really is. Listen, it's incredible. It's a hell of a story. You know, I'm going to stick with the East. This is interesting. You have two West players. I'm going to have two East players. I'm going Kevin Durant. Ke- Kevin Durant, I mean, off an Achilles injury, he still looks like Kevin Durant. And I'm insanely impressed by that. That fact alone, that he can still walk on an Achilles injury. So I will take Kevin Durant. I was uh, I was going to go Durant because I thought you were going to go somewhere else, but I'll take who I thought you were going to take, and I will take uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, okay. Um, interesting. I You didn't strike me as the Giannis guy, and he actually wasn't on my radar. I Pick five, though? Come on. I mean, so, so you have LeBron, Steph, and Giannis – Granted, we're just trying to get the best players. I have Embiid and KD. I I'm gonna I'm gonna match your Steph again. We're not. I don't know why I keep saying match. We're not making teams, but you know, in my head, competitiveness. I'm gonna take Lillard. I I think Damian Good Lillard is the is the one of the unsung heroes of the NBA this year. I mean, the Portland Trailblazers are dealing with injuries up and down that roster, and they're still above 500 in a playoff team. Like they. They, I heard Zach Lowe describe Damian Lillard and Terry Stotts as like uh, staple and glue. Staples and glue. They they just know how to keep it together when everything around them's falling apart. I like that. I like that. What are they, they're like fourth in the West now, aren't they? It doesn't make any sense. 
It really doesn't. They're not that good. Uh, and I was high on the Blazers going into the year. I know you're looking for a pick, so I'll ramble a little bit. I was fine. super high on the Blazers going into the year, and they have disappointed me at every turn, yet they're still the fourth team in the West. I don't know how that is humanly possible with the injuries they've had. All right. Um, it's time for uh, a little love for the nation's capital. I'm going to take the NBA's leading scorer, Mr. Bradley Beal. I, I There's no play in the league his, I Maybe his best for. season. It so far probably is. I think he's playing better than he did last year, but man, it does not translate to wins. It is really sad. Hey, they're getting hotter. Big time I win mean, over the Celtics who may or may not be fraudulent. I mean, most fraudulent. I mean, they're like 7-20 and 20 now, so it's not maybe hotter, but... Alright, well, good thing we're not building real teams because th- this player would make no sense on this team as currently constructed, but we're going to take, again, we're just getting the best players. Uh, Nikola Jokic has to be the pick here. Uh, Nikola Jokic, again, would be an MVP. I think he is an MVP candidate. He's probably third in the voting right now. Only issue is his team's not very good, or else he'd probably be higher on MVP consideration because he leads like every advanced statistics category, but he his team sucks. So he is, you know, third in MVP voting and fourth on the Arroyo uh, All-Star list thing. The Arroyo metric? I like it. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Um. All right. The uh, the Shively scale. Uh, we are a. Uh, I like that better. Shiv- we're, Shively we're, scale sounds much better than the Arroyo metric for the record. We're, we're we're a supporter of strong defense. We got the offense with Steph and Beal, so we're gonna go with Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. That's that was a good pick. I I was eyeing him for my next pick. Also, I just spelled his name wrong when I wrote it down. Oh, Kawhi Leonard. You know, I am also a fan of defense. You you know this. But I'm having a hard time justifying a player that I could take here that is also, you know, strong defensively. And so it becomes difficult to know who I'm going to take next. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking the next the next player who needs to be an all-star is Luka Doncic. I mean, he, he doesn't play any defense. The team isn't very good. But again, I like to reward guys who who individually are having good years. I mean, he came into camp, he came into the season out of shape, and he's averaging 29, 9, and 8. So, pretty good. Yeah, the All-Star is all about individual performance. That's the beauty of it. Nothing exactly. to do with how good the team is. Um, so, where so we're, we're both, we both have uh, five players so far. I'll just recap for people while you think of something. Uh, so, you have LeBron James, Steph Curry, Giannis, Bradley Beal, and Kawhi Leonard. I have Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic. Um, I have Giannis. I have some size, but uh, you could always use more size. So give me Anthony Davis. AD. I I didn't expect AD to go this early because AD's not having a a great season as it happens. But I guess like it's we're not we're grading him on a scale because he's Anthony Davis. You know. Exactly. Exactly. It's just not fair. It's not fair. All right. My next pick is... I, I have to do this just so I can throw this 100% factually true take out there. Uh, I'm going to take the best player on the Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown. I mean, this season, he 
has been their most consistent player on both offense and defense, shows up every single night, and continues. I I thought when they handed out that money to him, it was the, one of the worst contracts in the league at the you time. You did not like that contract. <laughs> not at all. And man, do I look stupid. Like, they nailed that. That was a good contract. He has only gotten better. And all respect there to Bradley Beal for, or not Bradley Beal, for Jalen Brown for making me look like an idiot. I mean, he's not the first, but... <laughs> Um, so we're halfway there. What do I want to do here? Um, I'm gonna take a little sneaky here, but steadily, I think one of the more underrated players in the league. Been stemming it up this year. Team could could maybe knock a big dog out in the playoffs. This might be a little bit of a reach, but I'm gonna go with Devin Booker. That's where I thought you were going. Yeah, I mean, I mean the Suns—they're kind of quiet, but they're lurking. Yeah, I mean, and and Book's been a big part of that. The, uh, this really irks me about Devin Booker. He takes so many mid-range jump shots. Like, oh my gosh! Like, it's like watching the NBA in the mid two thousands again. Like, please just take a couple steps and shoot more threes, please. I'm <laughs> begging two feet you. Back. Come on. You'll be wildly more efficient if you just shoot more. And it's weird because he's really efficient despite the fact he shoots so many mid-range shots. It's so weird. Well, that was your son's take last week is like there's no sense why they're that efficient because they take a ridiculous volume of long twos. Makes no sense. Him and Chris Paul are like one and two in the league and like long twos and like third place is like a distant third. Also, the Sixers are starting to drive me insane because they take a lot of long twos and nothing bothers me more than long twos um wow there's so many good players in the nba this year it's making it hard to uh to vote here to to it's gonna be hard for the voters is what i'm saying but i man i i i don't love this player i'm gonna be honest he i think he's a good player again very good player on a an awful team but I think Zach Levine is deserving of an all-star spot. That's a very good I think, pick, actually. I think Zach Levine's been one of the best offensive players this year. Again, he's not a great defender, but at the end of the day, you know, it's the all-star game. We, we want the flash. We want the, we want the highlights. He's going to give you the highlights in the all-star game. We know that for a fact. And they have a halftime dunk contest. So, you know, it could, could be interesting. Maybe he factors in. I like it. I like that pick a lot, actually. Um, I don't have a ton of size on my team, but again, it's not not your. That's team. not how we're doing it. So no, it doesn't doesn't matter at all. I don't care. I don't care about the size. I care about the best player on the best team in the West right now, strictly mm-hmm. record speaking. So give me Mr. Mitchell, Donovan. I'm. All right, let's throw this out there because we talked about him a little bit earlier. Is Donovan Mitchell the most underrated player in the NBA? I don't think so. I really don't. Who is? I I think it might be Beal. I was going to say, it's probably Bradley Beal now I'm thinking about it. I feel like Mitchell's kind of gotten his due the last couple years, and Beal that... He he Beal has been in Wall's shadow really his entire mm-hmm. career. Yeah. And now it's his team and he's kind of having the chance to show that I mean they're having a rough year, they're having a rough go of it, but if you had that roster construction you would too. So <laughs> not you great. You say what you will, but I think it's Beal. All right, all right. Tom, I I'm ready to hit you with another one. Uh 
This one I think might be a little controversial, but to me it's kind of a no-brainer. We haven't talked about him as much because, again, the team is mediocre at best, and he impressed so much at times last year that he kind of flies under the radar now. But Zion Williamson's an all-star, man. If that's not what an all-star looks like, I don't know what an all-star looks like anymore. He's just superstar written all over me. He's been that since high school, and he's done nothing to sway anyone otherwise his entire basketball career. It, yeah, but I thought I thought he'd be command like the spotlight a little more than he has, which has been interesting. And maybe it's because LeBron James is still so prominent and so good that he still takes up a large chunk of the spotlight. But yeah, Zion, um, Zion is Zion's good. Not a hot take. Zion is very good at basketball. Where do I go from here? Um, you've been kind of slandering them, but I think I'm going to dip back into the uh, into the Nets realm, and uh, I'll take Mr. James Harden. Oh, thank God it wasn't the other one. You'd rather you have a Mr. Flat Earth? Go for it. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying for me. I actually. I don't know if he's going to get picked by us. I'll just foreshadow. I'm not picking him because I don't think Kyrie Irving's an all-star. Okay. Got you. Okay. I think the team has been worse when he plays. And I was like, we can have this discussion if you'd rather have Kyrie. No, no, no. I definitely don't <laughs> want Kyrie. He will not be on my all-star ballot is what I'm saying. Got it. He's one of the leading vote-getters, though, for the fans. So I mean, He is. He's actually second among guards in the East. Yeah. So, I mean, not not everyone is as smart as we are, Tom. That's It is what it is. You know, we can't control that. Uh, well, I feel like it's been a bit of a travesty that this man has made it this long because he's having a very good season. He's playing significantly better than he did last year, in my opinion. But, I mean, PG-13, Paul George. I mean, he's again, he's one of the best two-way players in the league, and this year he's really shown it. He, he's It feels like the old Paul George. Like I said, it, it just seemed like the bubble wasn't for him. Yeah, it kind of does. He's back vintage this year. Like It's more more consistency for sure. So, Tom, we now both have nine each, which leaves six total spots left in our NBA All-Star. Uh, there's a lot going on, NBA All-Stars. These are uh, these are very coveted spots, so I uh, remember that. Listen, every player in the league wants a spot, and there's a lot going on the, All-Stars. Uh, the voters need to remember this. I am going to take uh, – he was out for a while. The team was stinking it up, and they're, they're getting back around 500 now. They are uh, defending Eastern Conference champions, and I still think they have a lot of upside, so give me Mr. Butler. Take Jimmy Butler. See, I that pick upsets me. I'm not going to lie to you. He, he, to me, not because I wanted him. To me, in real life, he is not an all-star currently. He, Yes, I, I would agree. He kind of corrected the, the, the ship a little bit when he came back, but I'm just going to make my pick a statement then. The man who kept the team afloat was Bam Adebayo. And to me, Bam Adebayo is an all-star. Bam Adebayo continues to take steps forward where, like, he year over year, I don't know if there's many players who improve more than he does year over year. We mentioned Jalen Brown's kind of in that conversation too. But Bam Adebayo continues to improve, and he's just a menace out there as a, what, 6'10 center? That The dude is incredible as a, just a facilitator, rebounder. He can score off the dribble, just... I love Bam Adebayo. I, I wish he was on the Sixers so I can rave about him more. 
Where do I go from here? That's an interesting one. Let's see. Four spots left. Four spots left on the We're getting list. to the point where it's it's really there's some real conversations to be had about who makes the team and who doesn't. That's just kind of who do you want? Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit out of the box here. Um, he was an All Star last year. Quietly, quietly has his team in the top half of the conference uh, in the East. Technically, is it who I think it is? On a tie Does break. he play in the South? Uh, he does not play in the South. Actually, mm. he plays in America's Heartland. Plays for uh, the team owned by Brady Manick's father, and his name is Damatis Sabonis. Yeah, that one was way out of left field. Is he even an all-star? Like, do people consider him an all-star in real life? Serious question. I think he's an all-star. Well, okay, I guess he's seventh I in guess... front. He's seventh in the front court voting. Oh, okay. Well, the more you know. Uh, I, I wonder how much that is because on the website he's he's like not all the way down. Maybe it's the Indiana voting, you know, doing him good. I don't know. Yeah, like what, what else but, are you gonna do in Indiana besides vote for the All Star team? Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to do right now in Indiana. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm gonna also take a guy from the East, a guy who quietly is keeping his team in the playoffs and year over year is consistently one of the best centers in the NBA. But we don't talk about him because he doesn't. He doesn't wow us in the same way those other centers do. He doesn't wow us like Bam Adebayo or Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic. But Nikola Vucevic is consistently one of the best centers in the league. And he's again, he's not very flashy. He's not very interesting. But listen, he's a very good player on a playoff team every single year. And so Nikola Vucevic, he gets my 11th spot. Uh, the Magic are currently in 12th place in the East. Just throwing it out there. They're 10 and 18. Last I checked, he was an all, he, they were a playoff team. So, uh, yikes. <laughs> David's a few days behind. Where does Tom go from here? My this last is your pick. last pick. My last, last pick. <sighs> the second to last overall pick in the There's a Lot Going On All-Star team. This is another one that's kind of out there. I already have his teammate on my team. But I think he's kind of had a resurgent year, and, and he gets caught up with, with the addition of some other players on this team. And he's, he's kind of quietly averaging 20 points a game. He, he He's doing his bidding. You know, he's playing second fiddle, and he's slowly kind of getting a better and bigger role. And I'm going to go with Chris Middleton from the Milwaukee Bucks mm. to round out the team. Chris Middleton. Okay, I like that. I didn't see that coming. Um, there's definitely going to be some snubs because I already know who I'm going with on my last pick here. Yeah, there's going to be a few um, snubs. Uh, I, I won't go over them all yet. I, I'll I'll go over them after I give you my last pick. And it only feels right that one player from this team makes the All-Star game. He, he This might give away to you who it is, Tom, the audience as well, this man currently leads the NBA in minutes. He has his team, last I checked, in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. And it's a team who we've laughed at for the better part of the last 30 years. And so it's only fair that the man who dropped 44 points tonight gets a spot on the All-Star team. And that's Julius Randle of the New York Knicks. I love it. I love it. I mean, listen, he's earned it. He, he's played great. Now, there's a lot of guys who I felt were deserving of this. Let, let me just go through some snubs with you, Tom. Uh, I want your 
your instant reaction. Obviously, you didn't pick them. I didn't pick them. So uh, we don't see them as snubs, obviously, if we didn't pick them. But uh, let's go through some of them real quick. Uh, as far as I can tell, Jason Tatum, not an all-star, according to us. Correct. Tatum. So we're cool with that. I'm cool with it, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Brandon Ingram is not an all-star, according to us. He is not. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is not an all-star. Jeremy Grant is not an all-star, who literally the only good thing that's happening in Detroit is Jeremy Grant right now. Uh, Shea Gildress Alexander is not an all-star. And Gordon Hayward is not an all-star. Those are the the kind of big snubs. that. Oh, and Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul deserves some recognition. He, to me, is kind of a tier below those other guys, but there's some pretty big snubs here. I think Van Vliet is a snub. Yes, he is also in that kind of category. Again, he's not as high as some other guys, but he feels like a bit of a snub. Now, let me just ask this then. If you had one more pick, who would the the player be? Also, DeMar DeRozan, another team who's very quietly in the playoff mix. He is the reason why. If I had one more pick, I probably would have taken Tatum. Who do do you? I'll give you. I'll give you one redo. Do you do you have one player on your team who you would like to swap out? I I'll read you the team, and I'm gonna give myself the opportunity to do the same. One swap out if we want it. So currently the teams, the total, the 24 players are as follows. You have James or LeBron James, Steph Curry, Giannis. I'm not gonna say his last name. Bradley Beal, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, Demontis Sabonis, and Chris Middleton are your twelve All Stars. No, you don't come this far and swap players out. No, we're sticking with our twelve guys. We love who we have in the locker room. I really thought you were gonna take back that Jimmy Butler one. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, and then I have Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Nikola Jokic. Luka Doncic, Jalen Brown, I don't know why I'm tripping over his name, Zach Levine, Zion Williamson, Paul George, Bam Adebayo, Nikola Vucevic, and Julius Randle. I also feel comfortable with that. I, You know, Jason Tatum missed some time. You know, I, I want to reward some of these guys who aren't on very good teams, who are basically the only reason their team even has a, a shot in certain scenarios. Say what you will about good teams versus bad teams. The, the Knicks are currently a half game behind the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference. And Julius Randle is by far their best player. Absolutely. Shout out quickly, too. He's been balling this year. Listen, a, a reliable... There, I've never seen a man walk into the league and just have such a confident floater. Like, I know he said he modeled, he patterned his game after Lou Williams, and you can see it the way he plays. Like, he plays like Lou Williams does. Now, the question is, does he spit game like Lou Williams does? Because, again, another man with history... Well, people like people hated him in college. Like they just, no one thought he was gonna be a good prospect. Like Who? everybody was hyping Quickly? up Maxi. Yeah. Well, see, okay, this this is the thing, though, right? You say that to me, that means nothing to me. I didn't watch college basketball. If you aren't one of the top top ten players going in the draft, I didn't know who you were. Like even even Tyrese Max, yeah, I had no idea who Tyrese Halliburton. He came out. Of, people were talking about him right before the draft, and I was like, oh yeah, uh huh, the the. That guy, uh-huh. Like, it doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> I have takes on the top players in the draft, and then there's everybody else. You just, you know who you need to know. 
You do, you know who you exactly. need to know. It's top heavy. You know, I know I know who Cade Cunningham is and I know who uh who who's the guy in the G League right now? Jalen Jalen Green, right? Isn't that his name? I don't know. I'm sure. pretty sure he's the guy in the G League right now who's going to be a top five pick next year. Uh, there's the guy from Gonzaga everyone really likes. Who oh, again? People love. Uh, they got a bunch of guys. People love Timmy. They like. Um, that's not the guy though. The guy is. Um, oh shoot. I know Luca Garza. That's another name I know. There we go. Big Ten country. Listen that that but see like that's that's all I know. I don't Garza, know anything else. Gar- Garza has Frank Kaminsky written all over him. That's the only thing with him. Oh, so so like perennial NBA backup. So yeah, like like significant minutes for the Charlotte Hornets in March, like when they're thirty and forty-five. All right, give give me like a give me like a a, a very quick like explanation on how Luca Garza plays basketball because again, I don't watch Luca Garza play basketball because college basketball is infinitely inferior to the NBA. It, it's like high school kind of when you just throw the ball inside to the guy and he just scores no matter how much contact there is against him like never calls his own foul because he's one of those guys that's just like I you know I got foul but I'm never going to call it unless like mm-hmm. I bleed uh, just really physical I think he dominates lesser smaller college big men he's actually got a Can decent jump shot he's actually got a decent jump shot but I've never seen him take a contested three like it's always just wide open because defenses continue to leave him open can he pass he's okay I think his offensive his offensive acumen might be a little bit slanted because of how many good shooters the Iowa team has, and so he doesn't necessarily need to step out as much like he did last year. Last year he was maybe the front runner for Player of the Year. Probably would have won it if the season finished. I but thought Obi Toppin would have won it. I would fight you on that. Garza would have had a pretty good shot. Listen I, again, I don't watch college basketball. I don't know. Toppin would have been a good choice too, though. I don't think anybody would have yelled at you if Toppin didn't, or if Toppin won it. But he, he's kind of bruising. He's kind of. I'm trying to think of an NBA equivalent of him, and honestly, Kaminsky is the best one I can think of. Like uh, compare him to to Jokic, because to me, like when I think of modern NBA big man, like yeah, Embiid, Embiid is like a weird mix of classic mixed with modern. Where like Jokic is, you know, he can step out, he can knock down threes. He's, he doesn't have a pretty jump shot, but he can knock them down. He's an incredible passer. Like compare him to to. I think Jokic. I think I think I think Jokic has a lot of creativity in the way he plays, and he is willing to to take unconventional shots you know obviously like his his fadeaways and his ridiculous passes and all that and that's kind of an element that Garza doesn't have I think he's more cookie cutter lower the shoulder back you down and he could step out and make one if he needs to but he's very he's very much like traditional big man I would say for Garza I think he's got talent but I don't I don't necessarily know if he he'll be a top 10 pick but I don't know if he's going to translate that well to the next level I mean, with a name like Luca Garza, I kind of figured he was pretty uh, cookie cutter, not very interesting. Hey, last no, no guy that was last Luka guy that was Luca was taken in the top ten was pretty good though. Listen, I called that one though. I was I was all over that one. I said that man was an all star the moment he stepped on the floor. Also, in our snubs, I'm just realizing Trey Young was also not picked. Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it. If you disagree with some of our picks, you can let us know on a plethora of locations, but specifically on our 
Twitter page at TalgoPod. Uh, we're actually going to put a poll up of the biggest snubs. So that's your opportunity to both vote in the poll and interact with us. Let us know if, you know, one of the players in the poll you think is a bigger snub than one of those guys. Um, you can also let us know on our podcast page. Uh, if so, just go on to Apple Podcasts. Make sure you leave a five-star rating, though. And you can leave us a comment and, you know, a review. And just tell us who you think is the biggest snub, who you maybe would have substituted on this list. Uh, Tom, I think this brings us to the end of the podcast. We went a little bit longer than we were expecting to, but a lot of great conversation. Uh, we have 24 fantastic There's a Lot Going On All-Stars. And, you know, a couple couple snubs, but you can't get it all right, according to the public. We got to go with our hearts sometimes. And I, I like where we ended up on the other side. I mean, there's more than 24 players in the NBA, so all those guys are professional basketball players. So really, they're all snubs, if you think about it, if you didn't make the team. But had to go with 24. You you would pull out the, they're, they're all snubs they're all if they don't snubs. make the team. Like, come on, what a week, what a week. Is that what a coach would say to motivate his team? You know what? I know LeBron James is an all-star, but every single player didn't make the team. You're all snubs for not making it. Is that is that the best motivation? I think the best motivation is you guys stink. None of you deserve to be all stars. Let's go out See, there and prove it. But like, not everyone needs the tough love. Like some some people need the uh, the positive the reinforcement. Maybe all right. Yeah, come on, Tommy. Nah, I, I, I got the tough skills. love team. You can have the positive reinforcement team. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm all positive reinforcement. You gotta. It, it depends on the players you got. You know, LeBron James. You gotta go a little bit of tough love. If we learned anything from Tyron Lue when he told him in Game Seven of the NBA Finals, "You're playing like crap." But I mean, and as he was in the mix of playing maybe the best game of his career, uh, not statistically, but you know, in terms of legacy. Uh, and then you know, but then you have Kyrie. Who you know, you gotta go over. Got hey, Kyrie. Yeah, the the Earth is flat. You're right, Kyrie. You you're you're right. Listen, we need you right now. And then what does he do? Big shots. That's what good coaches do, Tom. Find out what motivates the players. Yeah. Listen, and I know what motivates us to do this podcast every week. And that's a, 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 a severe, what's the word I'm looking for here? A severe lack of, that's not the right one. An overabundance of free time. That's what motivates us to do this every week. I think, Tom, the, I love- I think the five-star ratings motivate us every week. Listen, and, and if you want us to keep going, go on there and give us a five-star rating. It makes me sound like I don't like doing the podcast. I love doing the podcast, which means I'm <laughs> rambling at this point, which means it's time to go. Tom, any final words? The shot clock is going. Let's get out of here. All right, well, let's get out of here. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next Monday at a regular scheduled time. For now, though, Tom, David, there's a lot going on.